It's time to feel better with help from Dr. Suzanne Bennett. Allergies, nutrition, ultimate wellness, all discussed right here, right now. It's Wellness for Life Radio on Radio MD. Here's your host, Dr. Suzanne. Since the first antibiotic penicillin was discovered in the late 1920s, hundreds of these types of drugs have been available. While they can undoubtedly cure illnesses and save lives, antibiotics aren't without problems. Their overuse led to the rise of dangerous drug-resistant bacteria that no longer respond to treatment. Even appropriately prescribed antibiotics have the potential to cause unpleasant symptoms such as chronic fatigue, nausea, headaches, stomach aches, and diarrhea. Today on Wellness for Life, we have Dr. James Laval, an internationally recognized clinical pharmacist and best-selling author, and he is here to share his expertise on what steps you can take to reduce the risk of side effects when taking antibiotics. Great to hear you, hear from you. Hi, Jim. Hello. How are you doing? Awesome. Thanks so much. Really excited. This is our, I think you've been here, maybe this is my third time. You've been a great guest, yeah. and today you're going to give us some good information about why do antibiotics cause so many side effects? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, is that, you know, antibiotics are wonder drugs, right? When people are in dire infectious situations, antibiotics save lives. The problem is, is that we started to hand them out like candy and we started to use them for prevention. And, and all of a sudden, people are taking antibiotics on a much more chronic basis. And probably the, I mean, the single biggest reason that antibiotics create a problem is that they disrupt the microbiome, meaning that they kill off the good flora in our gut. And, you know, 30 years ago, there might be 10 papers a year published on the gut. I mean, everybody thought if you pooped, you're healthy. If you didn't, take some fiber. You know, but now we're really studying and understanding that uh, this is a big problem when the microbiome gets disrupted and it leads to chronic inflammatory responses, which end up affecting your immune system and end up causing problems with everything from, you know, how you absorb your nutrients to how you even signal your appetite. So it really does cause uh, a big shockwave. And here's the thing, 25% of the drugs on the market in the U.S. are reported to create a drug-induced microbiome disruption. So this is not a, a small problem by any means. 25%, that's super high. And we know that 100% of the antibiotics do that. But there's other drugs too, yeah. you know, like uh, we're talking about uh, parasites, parasitic Cortis drugs, right? Cortisone, right? Well, proton pump inhibitors, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, antidepressants, opioids, and even a drug called metformin, which is a diabetic drug, which is actually, you know, it's a pretty good drug, but it still disrupts the microbiome. That's it. That's it. And that microbiome is essential for reducing inflammation, helping you with energy and cellular metabolism. Of course, it's important to create a really robust microbiome diversity. And so if you take antibiotics, it can wipe it out in just a few days. So what is it that we can do? You know, because 40% of the people who take antibiotics can actually get what's called drug-induced diarrhea. What is that mechanism? Can you explain that a little bit? Well, as you wipe off the beneficial flora, I mean, and and you, uh, it actually populates with more yeast. That wiping out of the beneficial flora actually creates an inflammatory response in the gut, and you also get an osmotic shift in your intestinal uh, epithelial cells right away, which basically causes a shift in your water 
uh, in the intestine. So you get a change in motility and then that induces the diarrhea. So we always have, I mean, for 38 years, I've recommended take a probiotic while you're on the antibiotic. Don't wait to get the diarrhea. Just take the probiotic at least two hours away from your antibiotic dose. And that's how you can get through that. But, you know, for a lot of people, they wait till afterwards. And it's no. When you know you're going to be starting an antibiotic and on a probiotic right away. And, of course, you know, a lot of things, there's a lot of things people can do preventatively as well. I mean, you know, working on your gut health is something people should be thinking about every day. I mean, one of the things they can do is they can go to probiotics.com. Probiotics.com is a great spot where they can learn about, you know, probiotics and, and the science and research that's posting on it. Um, if they want a place to read, but I think more importantly than that, including it in your food, things like kimchi, sauerkraut, <laughs> fermented foods are fantastic. And they've been traditional foods that have kept people well for centuries. So I'm a big believer in people eating fermented foods. So that's one big thing they can do just on the prevention side. Well, thank you for sharing that you recommend kimchi because I just written the book, The Kimchi Diet, and that's all about, I mean, you can eat kimchi every day. And if you eat kimchi every day or sauerkraut or other fermented foods, it will create a stronger immune immune body in your in your gut and, of course, even in your lungs. There's even a study that shows that if you have chronic sinusitis, Jim, you can actually use kimchi juice and you dab it inside your nose a little bit, 46 times a day, and it will kill the bacterias and, and anything that is creating that chronic sinusitis. So and that there's an actual bacteria called lactobacillus uh, sacchii that's high in kimchi. But there is no doubt that probiotics also help because now the medical profession, even hospitals, are, uh, are recommending and giving out uh, this one type of probiotic called lactobacillus GG. It's a specific strain, but I think you just need a different, you need different kinds of strains, not just one strain. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's several factors involved. I mean, people get confused about what probiotic should I buy. And um, the first thing is, is a lot of people think refrigerated is better. Uh, you have to realize that refrigerated probiotics, every time you take them in and out of the fridge, the, the cold to heat actually stresses the bacteria in the bottle. So that is an issue. Uh, the other thing to realize is that you need to look at products that are guaranteed to the date of expiration and not at the date of manufacturing. Because, you know, what they do is they load up a bunch of probiotics that are living at the time that they get manufactured. But if they're not stable, then by the time you take them, when you're sitting on the shelf, there may not be any left. Um, I like products that are heat stable. So I like probiotics for everyday consumption in particular that uh, actually, you know, room temperature stable. So I'm a big fan of that. I do like when we create diversity. So taking, you know, multi-strain probiotics that have been human uh, trial proven. So, you know, there's one called the Friendly Trio I like a lot. Uh, that's in a product from Wakanaga called Kyodophila. Uh, I like that a lot because they've got great human studies on allergy, cold, immune system, gut health, and even helping with lipid management. Uh, and so I think that those are really important that we look at strains that have science behind them. And so, you know, so for me, yeah, diversity is good. Diet is good. Getting plenty of prebiotic fiber is incredibly important. 
So, you know, are you taking in chia seeds? Are you getting in hemp parts? Are you taking in flax? You know, what are you doing to get your fiber? Are you watching the amount of saturated fat you're eating? Because a lot of people are on the keto craze these days. And ketogenic diets kill off beneficial flora. It's been shown over and over again. You eat a high fat, a high saturated fat, or high refined sugar diet, and you're going to kill off your beneficial flora. I agree. I'm really concerned about that. I mean, I think that if you do it for a short period of time, or if you've got specific uh, neurological conditions and whatnot, that that um, will help you. But what ends up happening is that the condition endotox um, metabolic endotoxemia, and you end up having a great deal of inflammation, even more so um, in the gut, and it imp- increases the um, LPSs into the bloodstream. So there's so many, you know, not all. All of these different types of diets, I really think that everyone's got to watch out and figure out what's the best for them. Really go into customization of your own body, your own microbiome, your genetic patterns and your epigenetic issues as well. Um, they all matter and you've got to find what, what works for you. You know, when you, when it comes to probiotics or kimchi, uh, you can take that with any type of diet, right? I mean, it's not like, um, you know, when you think about about the uh, yeah nobody age- nobody has a nobody has a gene for having resistance to kimchi. We're in good <laughs> yes. shape there. That's right. right. Exactly. No, no kimchi resistance gift gene. We're good. I mean, and then nobody has any genes that make you resistant to vegetables in general. But it seems like there's a lot of people with that genotype out there because nobody's eating them. I guess they must have a gene snip board or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know. You know it's crazy, right? I mean, I, I, it I, is. I, 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 try, I try to get people, you know, I agree. I mean, in general, for me, when I look at, you know, like, I mean, I have three dietitians that work for me, and we scope all the literature out. And in general, look, people don't eat enough plant food. Uh, whenever you go to the extremes, you're going to end up getting into trouble. We've seen it over and over again. You go to the super low carb, people get into trouble. You go to ketogenic and super, super high fat, people get into trouble. You go to vegetarianism and people end up insulin resistant in this country, right? It's been shown over and over again. So, I mean, but at the same time, if we can start teaching people how to eat a a more balanced diet for the bell curve of people, right? The bell curve of people is healthy fats, more, 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 more vegetables, eat some fermented ones because they're really important. Um, And I think because people don't sleep enough, they've got a lot of environmental burden on them. Uh, I think toxicity has a lot to do with what's going on in the gut. They've got a rich history of antibiotic use and other drug therapies. Uh, the food that they're eating is not the best. They really should be taking a probiotic on a regular basis. They don't have to do like a high dose one. I mean, it's real in vogue right now to, oh, mine's 40 billion, mine's 50 billion, mine's a gabillion. You know, I mean, I've, I've you know, I, I've got, I've got, I, I sprinkle bacteria all over my body, right? Uh, mm. and, and we've got to get away from that and understand that it's not how much you take. It's how effective it is at going into the intestine, seeding, and then creating a change in the L-positive lactic acid-producing bacteria, and then the changes in the immune signaling. And that's very specific and needs to be studied um, for probiotics. There's a lot of companies that are just throwing 40 different probiotics into a bottle going, here, you get it all. They compete with each other. So they're not going to be... Um, it's not going to be the easiest thing to do. So that's why it's important for people to understand, oh, this is how probiotics work, you know, I, you know, and, and I think it's totally lost. Right. Earlier, you mentioned about how probiotics can also help with uh, reducing fat loss 
and and helping with a healthier um, met, met, metabolic rate. Uh, I know that kimchi and probiotics, uh, depending on which ones you take, it really does help with metabolic Hormone. syndrome. Yeah, both absolutely with probiotics um, helps with. Uh, metabolic syndrome and it helps with sugar control and cholesterol control. Um, it's known for triglycerides, dropping down triglycerides, even improving insulin, fasting insulin, as well as uh, even leptin hormones, you know, um, regulating leptin hormones. So it has a lot to do with what you are putting in. The microbiome has, you know, we, we've got so much more information about microbiome, but we also don't have, know a lot either. And we're still just starting to touch on that. We're still learning. We are absolutely still learning, and and I think it's really important for people to understand that um, well, yeah, the, the microbiome isn't just like taking a multivitamin or something, right? When you're taking a probiotic and trying to get your microbiome healthy, your microbiome is literally helping to produce the beneficial flora in your gut, make the hormones that tell you when you're no longer hungry. They give you the satiety signaling. They help in the production of serotonin and GABA and dopamine in the gut. So there's a lot that, that, uh, and they help with processing of estrogen, you know, in women. You know, if you if your gut flora is not healthy, you basically, after you metabolize your estrogen off, it takes the handle off the estrogen that was, was put on there to carry it out of your body takes the handle off and the estrogen recirculates. And so there there are, and, and not to mention all the benefits from, you know, helping to process vitamins and manufacture nutrients, uh, you know, like certain amino acids. So I just think people need to understand that, that there's, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of organisms in us that are trying to help us live healthier. And we have to support those because there's a ton of data, as you said, metabolic endotoxemia is associated with, with MS. Multi-organ failure and heart disease associated with autoimmune thyroid, associated with the development of diabetes and metabolic syndrome. Uh, you know, lipopolysaccharide or or endotoxemia. It's a it, it, to me, it's a, a a ground layer issue for people because there's a whole process now called metaflammation that is being written about in the primary literature, and that's metabolic inflammation. And to me, a lot of that starts in the gut. That's why go to probiotics.com. Probiotics.com has got a great site to learn information. I'm one of the guest writers for it. I answer questions on it. Uh, it's a great site to get information on probiotics because people got to get, they got to get an understanding of, you know, why are they doing it, right? Why should they eat kimchi? Why should they eat sauerkraut? Why take probiotics? Why take fiber? It's a part of the healthy lifestyle. That's why. There you go. There you go. You know, you know, um, a little earlier you mentioned that it's important that to, you take the probiotics two hours away from the antibiotics. Now, antibiotics, a lot of patients come in, they have stomach cramps, inflammation, irritation. It's, if you say that it feels like it's burning, my stomach's burning after taking the antibiotic. And of course, uh, one of the, uh, uh, more severe symptoms are the, is diarrhea. So if you've got antibiotic associated diarrhea, how long and how much should you take in a, a, a probiotics? Is it once a day, more often than that? And then, do you have to take it longer than the antibiotics? So let's say the antibiotics is a five-day course. How much longer do you need to take the probiotics? There's no set rule, but I, I can tell you that if someone, if I'm trying to prevent antibiotic-induced diarrhea, I'm taking a probiotic every time I take the antibiotic separated by two hours. If I get antibiotic-induced 
diarrhea, I will up the dose of, say, you know, a typical 5 billion capsule. I'll go to even a 50 billion twice a day uh, in order to get the, the CFU count up and, and really help try to rescue the intestine uh, from the, you know, the dysbiosis that's occurring. And then what I do the following, say, week afterwards is make sure they're on that 5 billion uh, probiotic, you know, at least once or twice a day, depending on if they're still having symptoms or not, uh, at least for the week. And, uh, and then I'm typically encouraging people that they should be on probiotics at least, you know, take them five days out of the week, take the weekend off if you want. Well, that's, that's good. So we do definitely want to take it longer than just the antibiotic. And some people, they, yes. they don't like kimchi. They don't like sauerkraut. They don't like the taste of it. And, um, and so then the probiotics is a good option here so that you don't get those side effects symptoms. And, and does it matter about age? Let's talk about that pediatric dose to adult and maybe even geriatric. Does it matter? I mean, adult to geriatric dosing doesn't matter. Obviously, in children, typically, I'll use either you know Young's rule or you know Green's rule. I'll either do their body weight divided by 150 times the dose, or I'll just you know get a kid's probiotic. Uh, for example, that Chiodophilus has a Chiodophilus kids product, which is you know very very nice. Um, and, you know, I'll have them use that. And that, yeah, typically their doses are going to be less because they're children. Um, but, uh, you know, if they're getting between, you know, five and 10 billion units two or three times a day, if they have antibiotic induced diarrhea, that's, you know, probably going to be enough. Um, the biggest risk is, of course, is that antibiotic induced diarrhea in the elderly and in small children is way more dangerous because of risk of dehydration. And that's why you have to really um, manage that. You know, that's that's super important because, you know, the risk of dehydration can be life-threatening, especially in either one of those two uh, groups of people. Mm, good point. So uh, how do you manage that? Is it basically with uh, the making sure that they get their electrolytes in? And there's a certain amount of liquids that you recommend or type of liquids? Well, I mean, obviously, there's a plethora of electrolyte powders that you can get that are sugar-free. Some people just say, hey, use Pedialyte. Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah, if they have antibiotic-induced diarrhea and there is a fear of electrolyte loss, of course, you're going to want to get in electrolytes. Uh, and so if you want the simple solution for people, there's there's even some, like, natural knockoffs of Pedialyte you can get, right? So you can get the natural forms of Pedialyte. Because everybody understands Pedialyte. That's why I'm using it as a term, right? They go, oh, yeah, right. that's stuff to use for kids. Kids, diarrhea, kids when they get diarrhea. So, um, or you can just get electrolyte powders and drink electrolyte powders that are sugar-free. So you can go to the health food store and get some electrolyte powders. Uh, and uh, you're take those a couple times a day. And, uh, you know, if you start getting cramping, if you start getting restless legs, if you start noticing twitching, um, hey, you know, you're, uh, or you're starting to get hot, you know, you're overheating, then, you know, hey, you may have a dehydration issue. Uh, so I think it's really important for people to understand, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, if you're, if you have those symptoms, you know, contact the doctor who gave you the antibiotic, make sure they know that that occurred, um, so that they can, A, be tracking you and, uh, B, for sure, be recommending a probiotic, I would hope. Right. You know, um, one of the other things that I might add is that, Often, when you do have diarrhea after using antibiotics, and it and it's it's pretty strong, meaning like it it won't go away, it's not getting any better. 
do go to your doctor and get a stool test because there is a condition called C. diff or Clostridium difficile that can, that's a severe bacterial infection. I've treated a great deal number of C. diff and I'm using probiotics and kimchi was a big, big way of relieving that and eliminating the C. diff, but it takes a, a doctor's care. Do not try to do this on your own. And uh, C. diff, because you probably already know too, as uh, well, of course, Jim, it's rampant in hospitals and um, overuse well, of antibiotics. It's a huge problem. And C. diff in particular is a big, big problem in the elderly, right? So as we talked about the difference in you know infants, children, adults, and then the elderly, the elderly are really prone to that. So, and, and you got to remember, once you hit age 50, your beneficial flora is dying off. You don't have as many good flora. In general, your immune system just starts getting compromised due to a lack of beneficial flora at the age of 50. So the older you get, the more it is important that you take these lifestyle considerations like kimchi, sauerkraut, you know, taking a probiotic. It's really important because one of the top causes of death in the geriatric population, of course, is cold and flu. And they've shown that when you take a probiotic, that you will reduce both the duration of the cold or flu as well as the severity of symptoms by about 34%. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's nothing small. I mean, you know, really trying to maintain your immunity as you are aging, it's one of the big keys to, you know, successful aging so that you can have a great health span, right? Not a lifespan, but a health span. And uh, that's why I think that it's so, so important. Great point, Jim. One of the things that I, I, you mentioned about immune system and building. Now, you mentioned the name Chiodophilus. Does that actually have garlic in it? Chiodophilus does not have garlic in it. From the same makers of Chiolic, uh, but it, it's, it's really human strain uh, flora that has been studied in humans. Um, as I said, they, they, you know, Wakanaga has, uh, has the same passion for studying their probiotics as they do for studying their aged garlic. That's why I really, you know, I like recommending and feel comfortable recommending that product uh, because it has such a, uh, you know, great track record with clinical science. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you know they, they, uh, they prove it out in humans. Hey, you take this and, and uh, here's the... You know, the, the gut gets better, the immune system gets better, your lipid management gets better. Um, all the things you're looking for with a probiotic starts improving. That's great. Thanks so much, Jim. Great information. Really appreciate having you here on Wellness for Life. Thank you so much for listening and do share the show with anyone who talks, who t who's taking antibiotics and you can help them prevent any of these terrible symptoms that uh, comes with antibiotic use. And if this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Do connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne. If you need any help with health issues, I work with people all around the world through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my website at drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.